You're listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. One of Us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio-based or banner ads, but on a case-by-case basis. If you are interested in that, contact us at oneofusnet at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at 2 5 10 or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of us needs and appreciates all your support. Well, I would say that they turn off the lights on their way out, but apparently they never turned them on to begin with at the ceremony this year. <laughs> what was with the lighting? Everything was so dark. That's what happens when you get Steven Soderbergh behind the camera. Yeah. He's just like, let's just make this dark so and somber. I think he must have read the full transcript of how this was going to go. And he's like, you know what? I'm not even going to play with the fact that this is going to end joyfully. Yeah, it was foreshadowing. <laughs> Seriously, I was looking at him like, did the guy who shot Solo shoot this ceremony? <laughs> Everything's just shrouded in shadows. No, no, no. And no, the guys who uh, did that one episode of Game of Thrones, no one could see. Uh, yeah, right? <laughs> I'm so mad about that still because I'm like, Fabian Wagner and Miguel Sapochnik, they're great filmmakers. That was clearly someone else's decision or something happened there with that. I don't know what was going on. Because then, then know, they did the bells and that episode was brightly lit and everything. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, I'm like, I watched that episode in on like the best TV screen in my whole house and there was like probably seven people sitting around that TV and everyone was like, I can't see a damn thing. I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> and that's how it felt at the ceremony tonight. Hey, everybody. We are talking about the 2021 Oscar winners. Now, my voice may sound a little weird to you, uh, to everyone here because I have been spending the last few days moving into my new house. Woo! Well, that and you're not Justin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm actually Shaq. I'm just putting on my white guy voice. Uh, excuse you, his name is Fran. <laughs> uh, oh my god. Uh, we, we, we're gonna have to talk about that moment for sure. Uh, but yes, like I said, I am actually Justin Zarian. Hey everybody, new resident of Star Idaho right here. Oh, I'm so happy. And uh, over here we've got Melina. Hello. Got my ceremonial then- quote-unquote champagne. <laughs> I drank all of mine already. Yeah, I was going to say, down here we got a very, very, like, the saddest I've ever seen Rose be in anything. <laughs> Rose, we love you. Don't, we, please, a little smile. <laughs> to Time Lords, aren't you lucky? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. it's Yeah, this was, um, okay, let me just start off by saying this about the ceremony. Now, in all fairness, I only got to watch a bit of this because I've been moving all weekend. Like, literally, I've been back and forth from my parents' place where I was staying previously, and I've just been shifting boxes like crazy. I am, like, sweating like crazy. And I only got to catch the last third of the ceremony itself, even though I was keeping tabs on things. But uh, Rose and Melina here did see the ceremony fully. So I got to ask, was the rest of the ceremony as boring as most of the ceremony was that I saw? No, it was paced you know very differently of course than they they normally did they didn't have a host it was just one person per category and it was going all right actually you kind of tuned in when it started to take a nosedive ah that's a bummer because i know lexi and i were following like twitch and twitter and those people and just the reactions from those people like man the ceremony got really boring until glenn close swore on on camera oh man (laughs) 
you know what I, you know what I hate to say about that moment was that it's definitely the most, it's definitely going to be the most memeable of any moment this whole evening, but my God, I, it's for all the wrong reasons. Oh, seriously. Like that, that skit with little rel was just going on for ever. And I I think it was Rose or you, Melina pointed out, it's like, man, all these actors are clearly like, don't pick me. Don't pick me to all this stuff. It's like when it's like when you have that guy who comes to your school to do the the the, ah. like the fun talk with the class, and you're like, for God's sake, please don't make me have to come up and sit in the chair. And as you're thinking that, he looks directly at you and just like, Hey, you're the right kind of person. Even Daniel uh, Kaluuya was like, Dude, yeah, no, I, I have an Oscar. Don't. I was yeah, having then, a good time. <laughs> and then Andra Day just went on a flurry because she got bleed for like several seconds. <laughs> whatever yeah. she said. Yeah, they were that ready was for the most that interesting too. part. Yeah. <laughs> I know Little Rel's just like, oh, APC is gonna have a field day with this one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was great. But yeah. I mean, for anybody who didn't watch that, basically they and I'm going to describe it as um on with with as little outrage as possible, they stopped the fucking ceremony dead so that out of nowhere they could do this whole stupid skit about okay we're gonna you know because we've got Questlove uh you know you know DJing for us tonight we are going to do this thing where we pick like three songs and you're gonna have to decide whether or not they were nominated one or never nominated or neither and it was so one of those where I was like this just doesn't feel in any way synonymous with the rest of what the ceremony has been. It's nope. like, it may have been boring and some of the speeches may have gone on too long, but I'm like, it was at least well-paced. It felt deliberate. And then that was like, you guys cut all of this short just so that you could get here. And it's fucking awful. I was like, this yeah. is why nobody likes these moments in the Oscars. And everyone <laughs> wants you to get rid of those. Yeah, wasn't the point of cutting the sound editing category to make the ceremony shorter? Exactly. And it it, it could have been a fun idea because I'm always for them putting more like movie stuff into the Oscars. It's for movie lovers to do. And so trivia like that could have been great. But them Mm -hmm. just hanging on those actors for so long and trying to force them to be funny. It's like. No, just have them guess, get the answer right or wrong, and then move on. This is not funny. Yeah. And and they picked people who weren't even comedians, people who couldn't, who clearly did not yeah. know how to improv. I was like, Jesus Christ, why are you doing this? They don't want to do this. Yeah. Like, Lil Rel bar- like, barely seems like he wants to do this because you could tell every, every response he had was scripted. Mm-hmm. So I was like, yeah, this doesn't even feel genuine. Like, this just feels like this was prepared ahead of time. Just that they, I don't remember who said this in the chat, but they totally nailed it when they said, this is a goddamn airplane joke. That was me. Where, yep, I yeah, totally called where, it. You are so right. Where I'm like, that is the whole I speak jive moment. <laughs> I was shocked like, she didn't say that. I went, like, Glenn Close should have said that. That would have been totally like weird, but funny. Great. I'm just like, ah, okay. But you know what? yeah. That actually would have made it funny had they said that. <laughs> it would have been the only thing that that would have made that self reflective. It's like, yeah, yeah, we know this is ridiculous. It, it's especially egregious because the next thing that happened after that was uh, that super short in memoriam segment. It's like, oh, mm, not I just super short. More time. Not just super short. Fast forwarded. For the memoriam section. Like, oh apparently, if you're not famous, like, even people who are famous, but not famous enough, you, they just fast-forwarded through all their names. I'm like, there were oh, this, some guy, names. this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy, Chadwick Boseman. This guy, yeah. this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy. There were yeah. some names that popped up that I literally could not 
have time to read and i'm a speed reader <laughs> it was going by that fast it's like the yeah. guys from suicide squad edited that thing because you're just like yeah. a flurry of information at your face <laughs> that's exactly what that was i mean and i even said i i looked over and i was like oh my god we lost some serious heavyweights this year mm -hmm. i'm like I mean, the, the, they start off with, you know, Max von Sydow and, um, oh my God. Of course, Leachman. Leachman. Fred Willard. Lynn Shelton. Um, Sean no, see, Fred Willard was one fast forwarded ones. That's what shocked me. I'm like, is Fred yeah. Willard not, not popular anymore or something? Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Brian Dennehy. Yeah, they, they barely gave any focus to Brian Dennehy. That's such a shame. Yeah, it's like, it, by the time I looked from their face to the name, they had moved on. Yeah. So I was like, if you didn't know them by name or face, then you probably were like, oh, I don't know who that was. Yeah, that was one of the things making it especially difficult to read on top of the very short time, because as a human, you are hardwired to look for faces. So every mm -hmm. time it would change, not only would the names be in different places on the screen, but my eyes would immediately go towards the eyes I see on the screen. And mm -hmm. then I try to keep up with the name and it's already gone. Yeah, that was just yeah. that was uncomfortable. And then also the totally awkward song choice they had where it's like, Huh, I think I supposed to feel sad, but I don't. Yeah, like yeah, having, a... having a kind of lighthearted song could work if it's the right one, but that wasn't. <laughs> hey, all these dead people. And that's the thing. It's, it, they picked a song where they clearly timed the cuts mm -hmm. to go along with the beats. And I'm like, this is so inappropriate because this is way too fast of a song. And I'm like, I'm sorry, guys. Yeah, I'm a speed reader too, but I'm like, my brain cannot process mm -hmm. these properly. If they had and I'm centered like, the words, that would have been a lot easier. Yeah. Like, keep it in one place. In the yeah. same spot every time. That would have been a little easier. But it felt like one of those eye tests that they make you do where they're like, hey, follow the, follow the, follow the thing, follow the thing. <laughs> it, it's like the intro to a Halo game. We have to look at all the little dots <laughs> on different sides. <laughs> Oh, uh, yeah. But uh, I mean, we're talking a lot about the later stuff that I saw. I mean, what were some notable stuff from early in the ceremony in terms of not just winners, but just like notable ceremony moments that you guys should think of? Um, I liked, uh, I, I have to say, I really did like the way that they structured it in the beginning with um, uh, Regina King. I liked yeah. her lemonade walk. <laughs> that was, that was, that, that was, that was badass. And I liked the way that they tried to make it seem like it was a movie. It's like, yeah, when, when you have a very limited production and you have the, the heavyweights behind the camera, it, it makes sense that you'd want to try to uh, compensate for the yeah. production. Yeah. And I enjoyed that. And then, of course, when she actually gets on stage, she almost tripped over her damn dress. Yeah, it was <laughs> How many times will this happen at the Oscars where somebody trips? It, like, right? I'm just, I'm just mm -hmm. glad it's not Jennifer Lawrence again. <laughs> she needs to learn not to wear quilts when she's going to walk up all those stairs. <laughs> I, I got to say, though, I, I totally understand her tripping in that dress because I saw a Dior exhibit at the Dallas Museum of Art like year before last. And they had that dress there. They had a whole wall of oh. celebrity dresses. And the thing was huge. I totally understand her tripping in it. <laughs> well, at least she had too big of a dress. Because then you got people like Zendaya, who pretty much wore a bra and then a skirt. <laughs> for the way I that mean, she was designed. It was, it was a pretty awesome it dress, I have to say. But, but I... But, <laughs> I was laughing earlier because uh, I saw her in the background at one point and it's like a really like hot yellow 
that she was wearing. Mm -hmm. So from like across the room, it's like, she was like, where's Waldo? Like, that's all you could see. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, but it's like the shape of her dress that's like, because like it was like a bra connected to a mid, like a mini skirt. <laughs> but she had a mask that's that was the, the exact same color. Yeah. And I was like, that's where and she I made it from. Yes, I made a joke. I was like, I think she just took a piece of her dress and made a mask of it. And then I actually saw the dress later and I was like, oh no, that's exactly what she did. <laughs> she just cut out the middle section and made a mask. <laughs> modern problems require modern solutions. Which also like Zendaya, you can't come in here without a mask. <laughs> All right, hold on. All right. <laughs> but thinking about that too, you notice how only the stagehands were wearing masks the entire time. Everyone else sitting out there, like, were varying degrees of maskless or masked. Yeah, except thing. Frances McDormand, who was sitting there looking super grumpy in her mask the whole time. Oh, yeah, Frances McDormand clearly did, doesn't give a crap anymore about anything. Oh, yeah. I remember the 2001 Oscars uh, where Steve Martin was hosting and he made a gladiator joke and every time they cut to russell crowe he was just sitting there glowering but what i always remember about that was that directly behind him was francis mcdormand who looked even more glower than he did <laughs> but i remember at one point uh, uh steve martin made a joke about gladiator and it cuts to uh it cuts to um what's his face i just i said his name and now i can't russell remember crowe. russell crowe um and he's just sitting there just like mm -mm, not laughing and then even in the background Frances McDormand, you could tell, was laughing, but she was trying so hard to make it look like she wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> that feels like uh, Tommy Lee Jones in 2012 when he was just me mugging all the ceremonies. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, that was glorious. <laughs> but that's the thing, like, that's one thing to keep it as a mean mug when you're in the audience. But Frances McDormand brought it on stage, too. Which yeah. Made it yeah. It's like, oh, man. Like, okay, we got to talk about that because, you know, look. I get Chloe Zhao does not speak English natively. That I can excuse a lot of that. But that awkward moment when she corrected her for saying the name wrong was just... Yeah, ugh. actually, it's Fran. And it's like... Um, uh, excuse like, me. Like, yeah, it's like, <laughs> God damn. And she, she didn't even say it with any humor or kindness. Well, she was like thing. genuinely mad. I was like, yeah. Jesus Christ, girl. It's like, yes, we know your name. It's, it's not a big fucking deal. It's like... <laughs> My name is Melina, for Christ's sake. People get my name wrong all the time. I <laughs> yeah. sure as hell do not sit there and just, like, you know, I, I don't sit there and shove them in the damn chest. <laughs> like, get out of here, you son of a bitch. Yeah, yeah I know. It's super just awkward. It was really yeah. awkward. And it's such a shame because it was such a great night for Chloe winning Best Director, you know? Yeah, and then it's I like, know. yeah, so it's that one-two punch of winning Director getting crapped up by Frank McDormand. And then McDormand wins. And you're just like, all right. Well. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And then Frances McDormand, like, what I thought was so tragic about that whole thing was the fact that, you know, close out, she, you know, she's made history for the mm -hmm. night. I thought it was well-deserved. I know that not everybody loves that movie. I think, I know some people say it's too I slow. Yeah. I have heard people say it's neoliberal. I don't know what the fuck they're talking about with that. Um, I think they mean in terms of, like, artistic design, because liberal is not just in terms of politics, but in terms of you know, movements in historical context kind of thing, so. Yeah, but neoliberalism specifically refers to the idea of basically Reaganomics, which is the idea of just no ah. governmental regulations. And I was like, so when people call this neoliberal, I was like, do you even know what you're saying when you, when you say not. that? I mean, um, I could see the arguments, but that's kind of a, I mean, the movie's so apolitical as it is, so I don't really think absolutely. it fits. That's what I loved about it, was the fact that it didn't actually have an agenda. It was just going through this person's life. And I was yeah. fascinated with it, especially because I loved all the people around her who are all real people. 
Yeah, which I think they invited Swanky to the ceremony, didn't they? Yeah, she was on stage when it won Best Picture. Yeah, I thought I recognized her. That's great. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, it's so good to see you because she brought me to she brought me to tears in that movie with the scene that mm-hmm. she got. And so yeah, for Frances McDormand to basically come in and not only correct her after Chloe Zhao had handed the mic over to her so she could speak. Yeah. I just thought that was so unnecessary. And then she comes in and she basically says the most generic thing imaginable, which is, we all are just so excited to go to the movies again. Yeah, go see this on the big screen if possible, if you can. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was necessary. Yeah, (laughs) I don't know. Just that whole thing was just awkward. But yeah, yeah, I mean, are there any other notable ceremony related moments before we go to the winners? Uh, let's see. Because um, I know there's the one that's going to, you know, Rose wants to talk about once we get there, so. Mm-hmm. Well, that's that's the elephant in the room that mm-hmm. we're all trying to yeah, temporarily there. pretend isn't there. Uh, but uh, Thomas Vinterberg, I've got to say, uh, tie between him and I don't know how to say her name because in her speech, she actually talked about how people have always said her name wrong. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> like, I'm like, I don't know what to say. Um. I'm going to look it up to make sure I get the proper pronunciation. I believe it's Yeon Yun Jung. Yeah, Yeon Yun Jung. I think is I think that's how she said you're supposed to say it. Mm-hmm. But she talked about like all the pronunciations people have got wrong. And I was like, okay, <laughs> I'm not going to be one of those people because I don't want to end up being on the the, the Twitter shit list. Yeah. Which it's a We're too big small fry for them to care. I swear, <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> Thank God. Um <laughs> But uh, tie between the two of them for, I think, best speeches of the night. I loved both of their speeches. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I, I saw some little bits of that. And then, yeah, Thomas Vinterberg talking about his daughter, which is just like, oh, That so was a gut punch. You know, it's funny because, like, I've not always been crazy about Vinterberg's films, even though I loved Another Round. I thought that was fantastic. But, you know, when you hear stories like that about them, you really see them as their own person, not just the person who made that movie kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You're just like, oh, okay. Yeah. Because at the time we were all talking on the chat about how we, a lot of us, you know, you know, we're not apolitical people. Uh, We all have our, we all have our stances and, you know, we're not like shy about them, but I just, yeah, I am one of those people who I'm like, guys, unless you have something really meaningful to say, please don't bring it up in your Oscar speech. I don't even care if you agree. I don't even care if I agree with you. Just please don't bring it here because it always just comes across as so completely shallow. Yeah. but and unfortunately, they talk- did. Yeah. yeah. But, but when he talked about his daughter, I was like, that was truly personal. Oh, yeah. And oh, yeah. that actually was, you know, it was tragic and beautiful and something I, I didn't know. So I was like, oh my, I, I really appreciated that he had the, had the strength to get through that. Yeah. yeah because it was true. a recent loss, too. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, the, you know, the the actress with the name that's hard for us to pronounce, uh, her speech seemed to be really funny. Uh, like, you know, kind of like a very light, like, it's just, it seems like she's really is that character from Minari, almost. Yeah. <laughs> just sassy grandma. <laughs> she reminded uh, me of my grandmother, just like such a smart ass. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well then, uh, why don't we just go straight into the winners so we can talk about some of this stuff. So we got the list right here. I pulled it up from Good Morning America because it's got the nominees on it. So, like we said, yeah, Yang Yun Jung did win for Minari, which, great. I, I personally think of those five, she's my favorite. 
So yeah. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not upset about that. Uh, although I got to say, I would have been equally happy with Maria Bakalova just because remembering all the insane things that she did in that movie to have won an Oscar for that would have just been great. The woman who wins an Oscar for opening up a wine bottle with her vagina. <laughs> <laughs> Well, to be fair, I think that Gone Girl did that first. It just wasn't nearly oh. as funny. Okay. <laughs> that was very different. <laughs> oh, I man. know. I'm just trying to be contrarian. <laughs> I don't even have that part, and it hurts me thinking about it. <laughs> um, but also, we have the Best Visual Effects winner, which was Tenet. I mean, okay, look. Whatever we think about Tenet, it was very good effect work. So I'm not upset yeah. about that. It was yeah. obvious it was going to win. It looked, it looked beautiful. Sure. Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, I, and honestly, against those other nominees, I couldn't really pick either of those to win, like any of the other ones to win at all. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, best documentary feature, hey, Shaq called it the thing with the funniest name, and it was My Octopus Teacher that won. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> have you guys were... seen that movie? I have not, actually. It's really great. It's about a, an octopus who gets a job at a prep school and teaches the students the joy and beauty of poetry. And I highly recommend it. No, it's not. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I'm like, that sounds like an anime that you just described. <laughs> no. Produced by Funimation this fall. <laughs> In the um, most unexpected sequel to the Dead Poet Society that you thought they'd never make. <laughs> it's a cross between Dead Poet Society and Assassination Classroom. There we go. There you go. <laughs> Yeah, no, yeah. Actually, I have heard that that, one, that movie is really, really good. So it's um, it's very good. I actually caught it um, on an afternoon uh, on Net, on Netflix, and it's basically just a, it's basically just about a guy who goes free diving uh, every day, and he he just he has he makes friends with an octopus, Aww. and it's it's just so wholesome and simple, and it's really just all about you know relationship uh, people's relationship to nature without actually making any sort of political statement or anything. It's just watching these two become friends. It's, it is beautiful and it will make you cry. Oh yeah. Don't have to watch it then. Uh, best documentary short went to Colette, which I have not seen. So moving on. Sorry. We even brought it up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. My only reference to Colette is that other movie with Kira Knightley that I saw called Colette, which was also good, but so Pretty hot. Just, I'll assume this is great because of that. <laughs> uh, best animated feature went to Soul. I mean, that's not really a surprise at all. So. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think like, I think only Shaq is upset about that one. Well, see, because I mean, I well, he's upset because this should have been Sean the Sheep in his opinion. But I actually <laughs> kind of like Wolfwalkers a little bit more than Soul. But Soul winning is not going to be the end of the world for that. So. Oh no! I mean, it is well deserving. Yep. Also, very well deserved from everyone I heard is that if anything happens, I love you. One for animated short film. Yeah. Which, yeah, from what I hear, that's a real gut punch of a short, huh? Yeah. If you're one of the three people who can make it through it, then yes, it is well worth your time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, also, if I heard this correctly, this one's also super depressing. The winner for live action short film, Two Distant Strangers. Saw yeah. that one. Also depressing? Yeah. I saw that it's someone else's house. That probably wasn't the best idea. Because, uh. <laughs> <laughs> I have to drive home after this. and. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> uh, well, good for them. Now, here's an interesting one, and I'll just name both since it won both these categories, but Sound of Metal won for sound and film editing this year. What a shock. <laughs> I would have chosen the Father for film editing, but the Sound of Metal did have very good editing, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Father was my pick, but the Sound of Metal, uh, I did see that uh, right after Nomadland, and just the whole thing with the, ah, I can't, I, I'm not going to spoil anything, but there's a whole scene towards the end where mm-hmm. they really play with the sound, and I was like, 
wow, that yeah, that like the last it. third of the movie, pretty, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Which, it's all about that. Yeah, and that was some of the best sound mixing I heard all year, to be fair. Mm-hmm. So I I totally agree with that win. Uh, best director, which they announced like in the first third of the ceremony. Yeah, apparently. it was like halfway through. Yeah, but like we said, Chloe Zhao won, which great. Everyone was expecting that, and it mm-hmm. was deserved. She really like Chloe Zhao. The fact that she's got such a distinct directorial style, even like mm-hmm. what, two, three films in now, it really says something to her skill. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Like, like you know, like even like the writer, where you see that you're like, yeah, that's a Chloe Zhao film <laughs> thing. Uh, I have not seen any of her other movies, and now I'm dying to see all of them. Oh, go see the writer. That one's really, mm-hmm. really good. So. Uh, now, also, we got a double winner for costume design and makeup for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Yeah. yeah. Not what I was expecting, but I'm very happy. So, I was kind of expecting that to get makeup, but not costumes. I thought Emma was going to get costumes. I guess they didn't want to be generic. Well, yep. okay. They didn't want to be generic with old period pieces winning. They wanted newer period pieces winning. There you go. <laughs> Is there another kind of period piece? Well, there's that trend for so <laughs> many years where if you made a costume drama in like the 1700s or earlier, you're going to win best costume design. Like Elizabeth the Golden Age. Oh, <laughs> you've got a train in the background there. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, Are that's we going- fine. That's- are we going to the land of make-believe? <laughs> <laughs> oh, brother. But uh, yeah, then we also got Best Supporting Actor with Daniel Kaluuya for Judas and the Black Messiah. Yeah, biggest gimme of the night. Oh, I mean, yeah. literally everybody predicted that. He won every single category, every other ceremony. So, And I have to totally reiterate my statement. That was the best speech of the night. Because, oh my God, that was bad shit insane. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so I missed that speech. What did he say? <laughs> oh, Man, you know, I I just kind of want you to Google this so I can watch your reaction real quick. <laughs> okay, I'm I very think excited. Would, now. Yeah, I think that that would just be better than anything, than any way that I could possibly sell it. <laughs> it was a very okay. cute speech. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, best international film went to another round. Woo! The only international film people watched this year. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's like it's the one I saw, so I'm voting for it. Yeah, I, Which... I thought that um the one I can't remember the name the, the about the UN translator. I thought that had a pretty good chance too. But oh, was that a collective or the man who sold his skin? No, uh, it had the three titles. Oh, uh, Kovada Zeta. Uh, that's it. Okay, yeah, from Bosnia. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I was gonna say what country? Yeah, yeah. Well, okay, Bosnia and Herzegovina specifically. So gotcha. Well, and I thought it might have also been Better Days from Hong Kong, which I always heard that movie is actually really good. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, another, another round. I watched that on Hulu. Absolutely adored that film. I thought that was one of the best, like dark comedy. Well, I would say it's a dark comedy, but it's really sad too. <laughs> well, it's Mads Mikkelsen, so I'm gonna see it eventually. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's it's absolutely like one of his best performances, I would argue too. So mm-hmm. totally want to totally excited to see you see that. Yeah. Uh best adaptive screenplay went to the father. Woo! <laughs> I could just I could feel you, Justin, just being over the freaking moon every time they handed that something. <laughs> it's one of my 10 out of 10s this year, so I was super <laughs> happy about that. Uh, did you see that one, Rose? I have not. Oh, like it is one of the things we have to go in knowing it's a film about a guy going through various stages of dementia. But it's just so smart about it, like the way that it structures the story around his, like, and the fact that you see it from his perspective is what mm-hmm. makes it so interesting, where it's not, yeah. oh, pity this poor man that everyone else is watching. You're actually yeah. seeing it from his point of view, and it's just so, ooh. Yeah, I think, <laughs> I think Chris, I think Chris Cox nailed it, where he said it's a, basically a virtual reality experience 
of of dementia which oh if you can bear the thought of that then then that is but the thing is i remember even saying in the review i was like while that sounds just absolutely soul crushing it's actually surprisingly watchable it's not yeah. it's not it's it's not trying to tear you down like a movie like a more it's actually yeah. it's it's very even-handed and realistic about it while just while realizing that this is just never not going to be tragic yeah, yeah. It, it, it's sad only in the sense of what it's about not because of the movie mm -hmm. itself kind of thing of course uh, yeah. yeah but then also a movie that's also kind of sad but also kind of awesome and fun is promise young woman which won for best original screenplay big surprise too yeah yeah which you find it you saw that one right melina or oh my god i'm gonna get kicked off the site i have only seen the beginning of it Again? Um, <laughs> <laughs> no worries I, I finally caught it it's legitimately very good i will say mm -hmm. that so yeah i was kind of surprised it wasn't my top pick of original screenplays but when i saw it i'm like yeah i would not be unhappy at this one you know so mm -hmm. yeah i will i will say i'm glad that they didn't give the aaron sorkin award to aaron sorkin for once <laughs> yeah, yeah. i'm, I'm kind of slightly happy that trial went empty-handed this year i'm just like okay whatever you know but it's probably a fine movie i have not seen it but i'm just kind of sick of aaron sorkin in some ways so yeah. i liked it a lot but everything that else that i've seen i've liked it better than that yeah no i agree uh let's see here then okay so best picture went to no man i never said so mm -hmm. and then my list got cut off here so <laughs> but okay so the last two that we're gonna have to talk about right now <laughs> so best actress like we said went to Frances McDormand which I brought it up in the chat that we said that she is now tied with Meryl Streep for most wins by an actress with three mm -hmm. so yeah. I know I was shocked I'm like wait a minute yeah she won for Fargo and three billboards oh <laughs> so and all of her leads so she yes. yeah just like Daniel Day-Lewis I think they're the only ones who win three for lead category so. Yeah, I was gonna say she actually uh, she holds the record because Meryl Streep her first was her first award was for Kramer versus Kramer and that was supporting. Yep, and then the same with Jan Nicholson who won for supporting and then two lead actors as well. So we, <laughs> we got a little uh, you know a little square with two guys and two ladies with three wins now. That's kind of awesome. So now um, we have to have a movie with Daniel Day Lewis and Frances McDormand and just watch them slowly explode each other with their egos. <laughs> <laughs> watch that <laughs> i kind of would too actually <laughs> i'm like this is going to be just a beautiful train wreck of egomania but it they, they will make it look good mm -hmm. well speaking of beautiful train wrecks let's talk about the big one <laughs> uh rose is already drinking just to prepare for it um <laughs> yep they so like we said earlier they really messed with the order of the ceremony and i guess it was to keep people on their toes but I suspect this is just me because I know how the Academy thinks in some things. They were clearly setting up for Chadwick Boseman to win. It was going to be a big moment to end the show on, big speech, well, from probably his family or whoever was there for it. And then at the last minute, Anthony Hopkins wins and they just walk off stage to go, oh, he's not here. Bye. Yeah, it was like the Academy accepts on behalf of Anthony Hopkins credits roll. And it just. <laughs> I know. And, and, wow. and, put the and let's make sure we shove the camera in poor Questlove's face. Like, he's going to know what to do. <laughs> uh, thank you, Academy, uh, for the, the, this honor and movies. And <laughs> it's like what happened when um, when Kanye West did the famous George Bush doesn't care about black people. Yeah. And they just and they just and they just cut <laughs> to the next guy. And he's like, um, 
Yeah. Oh, that's great. Now, okay, to be fair, I do think Anthony Hopkins was one of the very best performances of last year. Like that that movie, like we said in the review, was all about Anthony Hopkins. It was. The movie but, was written for him. Yeah, but it was just so surprising how much they hyped up the narrative of it's going to be Chadwick Boseman's big last hurrah, his big crowning moment. And then at the last minute, just snatched away from him. Just, wow. Yeah. Academy giveth, Academy taketh away. Yeah, no Don't kidding. like it? Make it bite me. <laughs> <laughs> I know that we'll, we'll probably never get the numbers on it, but I would be curious to see how close it was on the ballots. It has to be not close enough, because I know that the Academy usually has a rule for ties, because if something ties, usually it's by like a few votes difference if it actually tied or not. Mm. Kind of thing. Like a because the last time we had was for Skyfall and Zero Dark Thirty, mm-hmm. and that one was like, what? I think they they literally had like a handful of votes between both of them. So like, well, we can't statistically we can't say which one actually won because there's a margin of error kind of thing. But the thing is, they've given ties to acting before. They well, gave a tie. Once. Yeah, one time. Maybe they changed the rules after that because that no, was no, no, odd. There, there's a margin of error rule that if it's oh, by a few votes statistically, then it's a tie. But if it's just oh. above that margin, then there's a clear winner. So, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I have to imagine it's close, though, for this one. Because that's the thing. It's like, you know, when we say like trying to diversify the pool, trying to get more diverse actors in there, clearly enough, people voted from that diverse pool to get Anthony Hopkins to win. So, I mean, that's, that's a flaw with the democratic system, but that is how it happened. So... Yeah. I, I mean, the thing is, if anybody was going to get it other than Chadwick Boseman, that's actually the one that I would agree with the most. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that was an amazing performance and it could. <sighs> this has actually been said pretty recently um, that, you know, ageism is kind of like the last acceptable prejudice. But I'm like, <laughs> I think maybe maybe it's just one of those where they're like. Maybe he's just not going to be in that many more movies. Oh, Charlotte Bowman's not going to be any more movies. I know, I know. Yeah. And I'm, I, I'm, Rose, I am just trying to figure out the logic. I know, I, don't, I have no answers. There is none. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm like 30 days of night. There's no God. <laughs> the, the only explanation no I can come up with is the Academy voters are mostly old white people. Yep. Again, like I said, they're trying to diversify. They've been trying to kick out old white voters and get more diverse voters in. And yet they still voted for two white people to win lead acting prizes. Yeah, I, I was yeah. so hoping and, and looking forward to uh, people of color winning all big, the top five categories, you know, because it was kind of looking like it at the beginning. And then the last two, to be fair, they did win three. But yeah, those last two that seemed like locks for other people. It's just like, oh. Well, best actress, to be fair. I couldn't think of anybody who was like the certified this person's going to win because it's like it could be Andre Day, it could be Viola Davis, it could be Frances McDormand. It was kind yeah. of, you know, very split down the middle between all of them. Mm-hmm. So that one was one where I was like, I I would actually be happy if any of them won. Sure. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't have complained. I mean, even Andre Day, she was the best part of what's otherwise a really not very good movie. <laughs> so, That's what I've heard. Yeah. I, I, I've not really heard anything else good about that. And I mean, to be fair, uh, Renee Zellweger, who, you know, came Same into, thing. yeah, she, she came into uh, uh, present this time around and I saw Judy and I think the movie's okay, but oh my God, she's so good in it. She was good. Oh, sure. Yeah. And the same thing that happened with uh, Meryl Streep for The Iron Lady. You're like, man, this movie's a mess, but she's really good in this movie. So, yeah, yeah, I I, never, I never saw that one. I was like, 
when I found out what the premise of that was, I was like, I don't know what kind of acid the people who wrote this were on, but I just don't well, know how you tie that. I don't know how you tie psychedelics to Margaret Thatcher. Yeah, that's the thing. Is like, if it was just a Margaret Thatcher movie, I'd be fine with it. And then it's like, no, it's actually Margaret Thatcher talking to her dead husband while also doing a Margaret Thatcher movie. Yeah, that's that's part of the plot. <laughs> Rose is giving the look like what? <laughs> She's like, that's not funny. This is what happens. We have the director of Mamma Mia direct a serious Oscar movie. So yeah. yes, that is true. That is the same director. <laughs> I, and <they're>, yeah. <laughs> Rose just took a humongous gulp after that. <laughs> I'm gonna get on Facebook later tonight, and Rose is gonna have posted that thing from Futurama. I don't want to live on this planet anymore. <laughs> now before you I do it. Before I forget, there were two categories that I missed because of the list here. So we actually did have for best song, which was Judas and the Black Messiah, which mm. I can't remember any songs from this year other than Husevic. Yeah. <laughs> Husevic was the only one that I thought wasn't boring. Well, because the other ones are just so vanilla. Like, they're, they're not even mm. bad songs. They're just very, like, you can play them in the background and you wouldn't know whose song it was. Yeah. 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 I mean, when you have a movie like who's uh, who's when you have a movie like Eurovision, where I had never heard of Eurovision before they made that movie, and I feel like a lot of the criticisms uh, that I listened to from people who didn't like it were also people who'd never seen it because they were mm -hmm. like, "Oh, that's so ridiculous! They they would never do that." That's and I was how like, Eurovision that's, does it. And I was like, "That's exactly how they do it. That's what mm -hmm. it's always been." Mm -hmm. And. Man, I was like, for a movie that I thought I was going to despise, and I only watched it because I'm just so in love with Rachel McAdams. Um, but I saw that and I was like, I actually think this is pretty damn fun. It's cute. And they did not slack off on the songs. The yeah. songs were actually really fun and really catchy. I listened to that soundtrack in embarrassingly high. Uh, <laughs> that's not how you're supposed to say that. Just um, a lot. I, I watched that a lot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Which... I listened to no, but who's it because I think it's a great song. I, I, it's, it's, it's a tearjerker. Indeed. And uh, it was very nice of them to invite the original composers from Sweden to be up at 4.30 in the morning to not win. Uh, yeah. Standing yeah. there with like the morning light just barely peeking over the village behind them and they're in their full tuxes. And... Nope. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, now I can go back to bed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're like, I'm so glad that I resisted staying up all night partying and drinking just so that I could stay up until four in the morning and then be like, yeah, thanks for coming. <laughs> oh, oh. And then I felt kind of bad for those guys. It's like good for the winners, but I felt really bad for those two guys in particular. But mm -hmm. yeah, especially when you actually when I when I read the story of the the one songwriter mm -hmm. who apparently like I think he was having trouble making it for a long time, and then he got hired to write a bunch of pretty high profile songs for a lot of pretty high profile pop artists. You know, the kind of person that you would hire to write songs for Eurovision because it's a mm -hmm. big pop fest. Oh yeah, and he he thought that he was never going to make it, and then he submitted a song for he submitted Husevik for that movie, and then they were like, "We like this so much that we're going to bring you in to supervise the rest of the songs to make sure that they are all just as good as this one." And so I was like, "Wow, the guy." put his heart and soul into actually making the the music aspect of that film as good as it was mm -hmm. so i was like i was like just give it to him because there's like 10 great songs in that movie yeah but still the question would be why not ya ya ding dong <laughs> it will always be ya ya ding dong <laughs> that would have been so much better if they were playing the song nominees and you see that guy in the audience go Oh, play ya ya ding dong! 
which is it's so funny because every time i mention that movie bradley comments on it and i'm like yep. you know what bradley that guy looks so much like you that that's who i picture <laughs> just see that same actor in the movie but it's just bradley's voice just why not yeah yeah ding dong <laughs> I have a, I think that that actually is Bradley and he's just trying to make us go watch it again so that we can be like wait a second I know that <laughs> <laughs> Yeah and then the last winner unless I just missed anything else too that soul one for original music which mm -hmm. you know for score yeah. it was again the scores were all good this year I wouldn't say there were ones that were like oh that's the best score I've ever heard but this was mm -hmm. a really good score you know uh it was kind of funny watching what's the guy's name john baptiste john baptiste uh, yeah, yeah john baptiste where he gets the you know the center stage of the speech because you know trent and atticus have already given their speech for social network but mm -hmm. the way they were standing behind him made it look like he's like the, uh the guy's secret service standing behind him <laughs> <laughs> Just, especially with the long hair and the mustache and that kind of stuff you're like oh yeah <laughs> this is his bodyguards i know you're waiting for you're waiting for trent reznor to like put his hand to his ear like right <laughs> Or like, you can walk up just like, time's up, sir. <laughs> uh, but man, I, I will say that too, that man, some people had some really long speeches tonight. Uh, yeah, but, and but I'm John like- John Batiste was not even the longest from the ones I heard about. It felt um, like it. Yeah. <laughs> it, it did. Well, at least he was, at least he was interesting to listen to. There were a couple of people in there where I was like, oh my God, dude, you've been talking for like five minutes you know, to quote, co you know, to quote co-host 3000, wrap it up, B. Yeah. Yes. It's just like, what is this? The ending of Falcon Winter Soldier with the gigantic monologue about Aww. you guys are big meanies. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen it yet. Uh, I would. Okay, I'll just yeah, go I'm, now. <laughs> I'm going to save my thoughts on that. Because, okay, I've already been talking about it on Slack just because <laughs> no one else seems to agree with me on my thoughts, but oh well. <laughs> I, I will save that for later. Sorry, sorry, I'm getting distracted. Yeah, I'll wait till I've seen it. But I mean, yeah, yeah that's that's all anyone's thinking about right now. They're not thinking about the Oscars. They're just like, what did you think of Winter Soldier? <laughs> I'm curious to see what the ratings are for this because I can't imagine this is going to get many people to watch the Oscars. Because, okay, here's the thing. The Oscars have been declining in ratings for years, like just mm -hmm. precipitating, not even like like just sudden spikes. It's like a gradual downfall from like, gosh, when was the peak last time I could think of? Like early 2000s, maybe? I think so. I think so. I think it was maybe the year that No Country for Old Men won, because I remember everyone I knew watched it that year. Yeah. But then no, it's just been kind of slowly but surely just down every single year. And then this year... There were no blockbusters nominated for Best Picture. Because, okay, whether you agree with some blockbusters getting nominated, like, say, Bohemian Rhapsody, part of the reason they try to nominate those movies is to get people to come and watch the ceremony. <laughs> you know, it's, mm. it's a shallow reason, but it's a, kind of a, you know, very targeted reason. Like, hey, Joker was nominated, so we can get people like Joker to come in and see if Joker wins Best Picture. But, yeah, I, I know, and as I'm saying, that's not the right reason, but it feels like even fewer people are going to watch because it's all art films this year that were nominated and indie features. So mm -hmm. it's it's like, well, there goes your audience or part of it, at least. Mm -hmm. You know, it's funny that you bring that up because I, I think about, uh, oh, God, what what was the year that the English patient won Best Picture? 96. 96. Yeah. yeah. And that was called the year of the independent film, because mm -hmm. apparently nothing from a major studio was nominated for Best Picture. I'm yeah, pretty that sure. Like, that was yeah, Fargo, that Shine, The English Patient, like mm -hmm. all little films that nobody watched except for The English Patient, which that was an indie film, but a lot of people had seen that film. 
Yeah. A lot of people needed a sleeping pill that year. <laughs> um, uh, but no, I'm kidding. I actually like the English patient. Um, but you too. But I mean, you're not wrong. And Mangilla films are very glacially paced. Yeah. You have to, you have to be in the right mood. But you know, I, I just I want to know what the ratings were that year because that was also a year that a lot of it was art films, a lot of it was indie stuff that people were not rushing out to the theater to see. Mm-hmm. Well, um, same as like a 2008 when it's not about millionaire one. I'm like. I think most of the films nominated were all like indie dramas, like The Reader and uh, Frost Nixon. And that kind Frost of stuff. Nixon, yeah. Benjamin well, Button. Uh, that was probably the biggest yeah. high profile one. I would guarantee that was one of the highest rated years because that was the year that everybody knew that Heath Ledger was going to win Best Supporting Actor that for, too. for yeah. playing the Joker. Yeah. No, I'm curious. So I, I I haven't seen any numbers yet. I can't imagine they're very high this year, but maybe yeah. we'll see if it, whatever happens. Well, I mean, as far as some of the things that we've not been happy about, the the Twitter and online reaction has not been huge, which makes me think there just weren't that many people who actually were there to care. Yeah, it's funny because while you say that, the searches that my wife was seeing while she was searching Twitter was, oh, this show so boring, like by so many people. Like she just typed the word Oscars and the hashtag that was on the top was Oscars boring. Yeah, <laughs> on the top of the search. yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, yeah, to be this, this was not the most fun year to watch. I, I hate to say it. I kind of miss when they would have a host, even if the host was a train wreck. I'm just like, at least it was kind of interesting because it, you could squirm. And yeah. be so far, they've done three years without a host and only one of the years worked because that first year without a host, it was kind of fresh, you know, like it was new. It was focused. They didn't have yeah. too many filler points. And then lately, it feels like they just, I don't know, new producers, something was going yeah. on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, I mean. I think you noted, too, that, like, wasn't Marley Matlin one of the producers here? Well, she was there. Just yeah. Like, uh, she was there to introduce <clears throat> the sound, <laughs> the sound denomination. <laughs> which um, <laughs> which like, just seems choking on irony <laughs> well that's the thing like the academy are not subtle it's like if it's a historic win they're always going to pick someone tied vaguely to whatever it is like yeah. oh hey the year the first woman director won who who gave the award out oh yeah barbara streisand <laughs> you know oh yeah the year that uh even billy crystal made the joke he was like yeah it was a movie so good it directed itself so let's bring her, <laughs> let's, let's bring her out <laughs> but even Which, then they they kind of messed up with marley matlin like presenting that award mm-hmm. because she was there doing the sign language she had a, her interpreter speaking for her and they kept cutting away from her all you heard was the interpreter's voice and it's uh, like you guys can't do a little picture in picture or something with her seriously and then they did keep do, the damn camera on her because she's she was she was moving her lips the whole time yeah yeah no and they didn't do that for a couple other categories this year too where you're like ah like they put the subtitles on for actual clips of sound and metal but then no asr for any of the other wins for it or anything like that or just Oh my God. Okay. You just reminded me of another moment that Justin, you have got to go back and find. I got it. Okay. Tell me. Okay. And Rose, you were there. You saw this. Um, Didn't you think it was awesome when they did that long panning shot of all of the people who were nominated for like best visual effects and they all looked like they were about to go in front of a firing range. They looked so, so uncomfortable. Awkward. Like, just, yeah, constantly back and forth. You know, those guys, they couldn't even have them sitting in order. They had to keep going, like, 
10 feet back and forth. What the heck? And, and, and they kept like sticking the camera like right in their face and you could tell they were all just like, <laughs> like it was a monster, like get it away from me. Was it like a 90s music video with a fisheye lens just like right in their face? It really did feel like, it, it felt like um the episode of The Office where they have the Dundies where everybody is just like, I don't want to be here. <laughs> <laughs> it was exactly like that and i was like oh my god this is what i live for in these award shows the people who just so don't want to be on camera but they just are the camera just wants nothing more than to be on them yeah that reminds me of 2004 when they pretty much just did like drive-by awards where they were in the audience to the tech crews just like okay here they are all lined up in a row we'll put the camera pan it across them get the award and then we'll cut to the next scene and you're just yeah. like Okay, so again, you guys just really want to make the tech crew feel as belittled and uncomfortable as possible every year. Like, and then you got the year with the visual effect guys for Life of Pi, who got pretty much played off stage in the middle of their really important speech about the visual effects societies, you know? Do you remember the year that Tony Mendez was asked to come up and present Argo? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which, trick question. You can't find it anymore because I that he went to the CIA and said, I want all traces of this gone. Well, yeah. Wow. <laughs> That's um yikes. <laughs> yeah, that was that was one of those where I'm like, you know, because you know, Tony Mendez, you know, he's the guy who, of course, was he got all the people who were hiding in the Canadian uh embassy out safely from Iran uh during the Iranian hostage crisis. And they brought the real guy up mm -hmm. to present the award for the film at the Golden Globes. And the guy, you could tell, had never seen a teleprompter in his entire <laughs> life. <laughs> like, that's vaguely coming up. I can't remember that exactly, but I vaguely remember that happening. Yeah, that's just... Ugh. It's probably because your brain won't let you. There are mm -hmm. just some things that are too painful. <laughs> <laughs> well... And I'm I'm glad because I'm like, I don't want to remember this guy like this. I want to remember him as the badass that he absolutely was. Indeed. Well, I mean, that's pretty much all I got to say about this ceremony. Again, I only watched enough to give an opinion on the basics of it. But mm -hmm. sounds like it was just kind of a year for the Oscars, you know, like the actual ceremony itself. Like, it's weird because we were so hopeful with how diverse and interesting the nominees were. And then the actual winter ceremony, just like, mm, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think it just goes to show that, you know, you can be as diverse as possible. It still does not a good ceremony make. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you just got bad lighting, people can't improv and, you know, set up expectations that are immediately crushed, then you got just a recipe for disaster in some ways. Yeah. Make, make sure it's a sure thing before you drastically restructure the entire show for something that uh, doesn't happen. <laughs> I'm just, I'm amazed. Like I said, I would laugh if it happened. And I did, but I'm just amazed that that played out exactly like we thought it might. Just like, oh, what, what would happen if Anthony Hopkins won instead of him? And you're just like, yeah, I, I had that moment too where I was like, oh, I'm going to laugh because I didn't think it would actually happen. <laughs> I am. I was so confident too. I was like, guys, I, I felt like I was like, in a, I was like a, like a crisis manager where I'm like, guys, it's okay. It's all right. It's not going to happen. And then it did, and I'm like, oh, well, I got nothing for you. I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> I was sitting there, like, I had my eyes closed, and I was waiting for him to say Chadwick, and he didn't. I was just like, what? Yeah, mm -hmm. you're like, Anthony Hopkins. <laughs> and it's gasped out loud. And then the I, fact that Anthony Hopkins wasn't even there to accept it. <laughs> yeah, I, I was ham from Sandlot. I was like, 
What? <laughs> <laughs> what? Oh my goodness. But yeah, I don't know. I, that's the thing too I've kind of learned with the Oscars that I try to go in with as little expectations as possible. Like some I have some with, but they've almost always found a way to disappoint me no matter what it is with the Oscars. Like whether yeah. my favorites don't win or something like say 2016 with La La Land not winning Best Picture, you're just like, wait, what just happened? <laughs> but at least we can laugh at that. This one, we're just kind of like, well, it happened. <laughs> so. Yeah. I said to a friend of mine because uh, he he said that he was like disappointed by, um, he said he was like disappointed by the ending, but he didn't see the father. So, and I don't think he saw the, I don't think he saw the ending either. And I tried to describe it to him and I was like, this was less awkward than when they faked out La La Land for best picture. Yeah. yeah. But at least we can look back at that and kind of laugh about it. So we're just like, oh, well. <laughs> oh, I mean, even at the time you're like, oh my God, I have to laugh at this because this is just, this is like being caught with your pants down at school. I'm like, this is just mm -hmm. so, it's just so humiliating to see this. I'm like, you have to laugh. This time around, I was just like, oh, you really <laughs> just did that, didn't you? Yeah. yeah. Which the sad thing is, that's not the only time that someone didn't win for a posthumous performance. Because it's actually, that's actually more, that happens more often than you'd think. I think mm -hmm. Heath Ledger and Peter Finch, in terms of actors, are the only ones to win posthumously. So. Yeah. That's true. I mean, yeah. um, let's see. I mean, uh, he wasn't nominated for best uh, for an Academy Award, but he was nominated for a lot of other things. James Gandolfini was nominated for Enough Said, which, which is, wasn't his last film, actually, too. It, yeah, it wasn't. But it was definitely one of the last where they could give him like a chance to get a leading role. Um, and I remember that's actually one of my favorite romantic comedies and I was kind of pulling for him. So when yeah. it, when it didn't happen, I was a little sad, but at the same time I was like, I was like, well, the guy's legacy has, has been so ingrained with Tony Soprano. Um, and you could say the same thing about Chad with Bo, uh, Chad with Bozeman with, with Black Panther mm -hmm. and with the five bloods and with Ma Rainey's Black Bottom in 42. But at the same time, I'm like, the guy's career was so short you're like, yeah. you just want, and, and the guy was sick for so much of it. And he was battling through it to give these incredible performances that you're just like, it just feels criminal to not give this to him, not only for genuinely great performance, but just as a commemoration for a yeah. really, really great body of work. Yeah. Cause and actually that, okay. When I say about the, the posthumous thing being the, you know, the exception to that stuff, I think, yeah, Peter Finch and Heath Ledger are the only ones who have ever won posthumous for acting categories. Cause Everything else is like technical categories and picture, mm -hmm. but even the other nominees. And I think the last time that happened before them was, or you know, since then was, what's his name, Massimo Troisti for Il Postino, Did which I have not. Him? No, I'm not that cultured. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not in my opinion. But yeah, that's the thing where you're just like, oh, that's weird for them to suddenly just go, oh, he didn't win. Hmm, that's a shame. That we'll never have another chance. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But to, to make this decision, there's a lot more notoriety. Yeah. Like, uh, oh well. But, you know, I, I, <laughs> I mean, know. I'm good like, for you, Anthony Hopkins. I love the father, but that's going to be the legacy of this ceremony now. So. Yeah. But I can guarantee you that the person who cares the least is Anthony Hopkins. <laughs> I'm sure he didn't even watch. He's just like oh, he's asleep we? right um, now. Yeah, he's well, off doing a play. The, it's the freaking morning in England, so of course he's. Yeah. Tired. <laughs> You know what I love is that every year that he's nominated for anything, they use the same freaking picture. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> same one with him stroking his like, oh, yes, uh, Oscars. Mm. <laughs> Still really want that Chianti. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> which I will say this too, last thought before leaving too, that it is kind of nice to see what actors are featured in what commercials for the Oscars. Cause it's like, okay, Zendaya selling this, whatever, you know, these ones cool. But then Anthony Hopkins selling Rolex watches are just like, oh, tell me more. Yeah. <laughs> that was his voice. Yeah. I was kind of shocked. I'm like, oh, wait, I hear Anthony Hopkins. Hold on. I got to listen now. <laughs> Man, I was arguing with my boyfriend the entire time because they played it three different times, that commercial. And I was like, I think that's Anthony Hopkins. And he's like, I don't think it is. I'm pretty and sure I'm it like, is. Yeah. Yeah. That is the last thing I'm doing tonight is I'm going to go tell him that he's wrong. <laughs> oh, and it was nice to also see Jimmy Kimmel not being allowed in the Oscars. Like, hi, uh, people used to tolerate me at these things. I can't go back in anymore. Bye. <laughs> Stay Aww. across the street in your own studio. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to say that one of my favorite Oscar jokes of all time was uh, the year after La La Land uh, fake one. Um, the first, they, they asked him back a second time and he opened with, okay, so when we read your name, don't stand up right away. <laughs> and I was like, that's, that's funny. Yeah, we don't want another Zoolander moment. Just like, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that totally, I don't, I don't know why there wasn't more like the Oscars just went hashtag Zoolander. <laughs> right? <laughs> everybody was no. making Steve Harvey jokes. <laughs> oh, because that was the more recent oh, one. Right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, thank you, Steve Harvey, for kind of absorbing that blow. There you go. I mean, even Steve Harvey kind of made fun of it at the end, just like, ha ha, it's not just me, see? <laughs> He's like, even I didn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, we should probably wrap up then. Uh, thank you both so much for doing this with me. Yeah. And Rose, thank I'm you sorry, so much Rose. for 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 trying to hone in the rage for, <laughs> for, for an hour. <laughs> anyone needs me i'll be in the angry dome <laughs> well i mean I, say, this... I have a punching bag do you want it no <laughs> <laughs> don't point to me when you say I'm that come on <laughs> oh i didn't oh did i point at you <laughs> Lester, yeah <laughs> yeah by punching bag i meant justin <laughs> i am nice and soft you can hit me as much as you need <laughs> Oh, man. No, but uh, yeah, I guess we probably won't have another one of these for a while until maybe the Emmys. Uh, this is going to be the last Oscars ever. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. This one killed the Oscars. It. No one's going to watch the Oscars anymore. <laughs> Even the Oscars is getting canceled. Yeah, don't ruin it. <laughs> and it's like they did it to themselves. Oh, my goodness. Oh. Well, thank you, everybody, and uh, see you whenever, I guess. <laughs>